Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. As you know, we're going to dive into topics that fascinate us, but more than that, that matter to you, that you need to be thinking about and moving toward this episode While there's a lot of talk about pastors, I do think that it's helpful for everybody. If you're a business leader, if you're in healthcare, if you are a teacher, especially our teachers that we love and feel a lot of stress and pull toward burnout, um, this one is for you. We are going to continue to talk about anti-burnout strategies against that, what's behind burnout, and ultimately, what are the things that we need to do to be able to refresh, replenish, all those good rewords that get us back to a space where we can lead well. We say live and lead for the long haul. That's what we want for you. We want you to be vital and experiencing vitality and freshness and creativity in your life and leadership personally and professionally. We're going to continue to talk about those topics right here on the podcast. That's what we coach leaders in all week long. So this conversation was a really, really good one. I was with a new friend of mine. His name is Sean Nemechek. And we're talking about his practice of coaching. We're talking about Sabbath and sabbatical. But beyond that, we're talking about how to avoid burnout. And we kind of reference his book that came out this last year, The Weary Leader's Guide to Burnout, a really good one. It's helpful for anyone, but especially for pastors. And so Sean was a pastor for 18 years, and then he burned out. He shares a little bit about that here on the podcast. And that shapes the way that he walks alongside of pastors and other leaders. He and I share a lot of common bonds of the way that we coach leaders. We coach leaders through sabbatical and we have different frameworks so that everyone can have a chance to have a healthy sabbatical. So if you don't know anything about sabbatical, reach out to me. You can find Sean's contact info on his site that's in the show notes. And we've had him on the podcast before he's back. I would imagine we'll have him back again in the future. So enjoy this conversation, maybe learn from or glean from this conversation with my friend, Sean Nemechek. Sean, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Alan. And I feel like we have such similar hearts and kind of even the way that we approach leaders and you served as a pastor for 18 years, correct? Yeah, that's right. So you're speaking from within the challenges and and a lot of the journey, but not just to pastors. So really what I want to do is expand on your book. And we talked through some of the, you know, kind of trends in that, what led you up to that, but the weary Leaders Guide to Burnout. Um, you have this is six months out in the wild. You talked a lot yeah. about this book and are stirring up conversations with leaders really everywhere about this. What have you learned about leaders in these conversations the last six months? I think one of the the main things that I've seen again and again is how helpful it is to just have somebody to talk to. Uh, there's a lot of leaders who know what they need to work on. Um, they just don't have the, the space to get it out of their heads. Uh, and having somebody they can talk things through, can ask them good questions, whether it be a coach, a mentor, a counselor, even just a friend, uh, has been really helpful for them. And so my book has created some conversations that uh, we've been able to have uh, that a lot of leaders are telling me it's exactly what they needed. Mm. And tell us a little bit about your ministry. What's the context of those conversations? Are those is coaching? Are you equipping whole teams together? Is that a, just an email? Hey, do you have some time to chat about this? What does that look like? 
Yeah, it's, it's kind of all the above. Uh, I work for PIR Ministries. Uh, we focus on helping pastors who are in crisis. Uh, about 80% of my work there is coaching pastors through burnout. Uh, but as people are reading my book and responding to it, there are individual conversations popping up uh, and uh, invitations to uh, to help organizations understand how they can create kind of an anti-burnout culture. Uh, and so we're doing more of that, too. So it's it's really kind of uh, kind of an all encompassing uh, uh, conversation around burnout. And uh, I'm sure there's both on this. But what yeah. encourages you? on the conversation around burnout and what discourages you about the conversation or the progress? Uh, what's encouraging to me uh, are a number of uh, leaders who are kind of rejecting the idea of power-based leadership, uh, you know, authority-based and moving toward uh, leadership that's rooted in prayer and rela building relational trust. Uh, that seems to be high value uh, right now. And uh, it, it's really encouraging to see that. Uh, what's discouraging is uh, kind of the flip side of that is how many leaders I'm seeing were still worried about uh, image management and maintaining a certain, uh, you know, view for, for people to see about them and really not leading with humanity or humility. Mm. Which part of the book, in your experience, uh, has been most helpful for readers? Uh, I get a different response to this every time I talk with somebody. They, they pick up on different parts of the book. But I think the, the two chapters that are the, the really big ones are the one on energy and rhythms uh, and then the chapter on boundaries. These seem to be the, the things that have been most practical for a lot of leaders across different types of leadership. Yeah, absolutely. Every single one of my coaching clients um, that I've been with for three months or more that not only is talked about, but we keep coming back to it. I just don't think you can get away from that. And th those leaks in energy everywhere, mm -hmm. if not those gashes that are, you know, we're, we're bleeding energy in many ways. So I'm seeing the same thing. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how much, uh, leaders are just completely unaware of their natural energy rhythms and how to sustain those, how to maintain them. Uh, sometimes just getting them to pay attention to them, they realize, oh, there's little tweaks I can do to get rid of that uh, afternoon fog that I'm experiencing. And uh, it's, it's really a game changer for them. Mm, awesome. Love it. Love to dive in deeper at some point, And maybe we'll have a little bit of time at the end. I'm curious if you could add another chapter to the book, what would it be? Oh man, uh, that, that's a huge question. I, I think what what I would love to do sometime is, is to go back and uh, take the appendix that's really on uh, rule of life and connect it with the chapter on energy and rhythms, because this is really what I'm doing a lot of with leaders right now is, is helping them map their natural energy rhythms throughout their days, weeks, and months, uh, connecting that with uh, their values and their boundaries, and then mapping the rule of life onto those things uh, so that the rule of life isn't just about helping them be healthy, but it's, it's really uh, enhancing their, their overall energy and leadership uh, and the way that they are able to connect with people. So combining those things have been really, really powerful. I'd love to write more about that. Mm, love it. You should create more content on that podcast, 
blogs, yeah. email sent out, you know, you name it. People are hungry for that. Right. And it's, it just seems like the practical behind it. it's like, okay, I know this is a problem. Um, but I hear every week, what do I actually do? What are some of the next steps? Are you getting a lot of that around that topic? Yeah, it's, it really is kind of nuts and bolts, practical stuff. Um, so for these leaders, I often have them uh, chart their energy every day uh, throughout the day for six, at least six weeks. Um, you know, just high, medium and low. Where are you at in the morning, mid morning, in the early afternoon, late afternoon? And uh, they come back to me with so many insights. Boy, I never realized, you know, this day of the week is always a low day for me. Maybe I should switch my day off or uh, things like that uh, that are really insightful. And it's just paying attention to what you're naturally doing already. And that, that was about eight years ago. That was key for me to starting to pay attention to that. But then to go, once I have awareness, what action am I going to take? And I actually moved my workday up. I coach a lot of leaders in the East Coast, move my workday up. My mornings are awesome, but we're recording in the early afternoon, kind of right after this time I start to fade. I'm not good for me. I'm not good for you, but naps became a beautiful uh, replenishment zone for me. And then exercise being another one. And those two kind of working together, getting out in the sun tends to be the most beautiful time of the day here in Colorado. So um, once I paid attention to that, it was amazing. It's like, wait, we can, we can bend the rules. And then I started to see productivity go up from that, somebody else may be the exact opposite though, and be not yeah. a morning person, try to figure out, okay, how do I work with what I'm, what I'm given? So that that's so important that you're, you're doing that. Any other insights on kind of you know, energy chronotype is what that's called, you know, time of day, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, we, we all have roughly three to five hours of high productivity in our day. Uh, and it can relate to our circadian rhythms, our nutrition, our exercise, all of that comes into play. Naps are one of the, the holy practices that I've learned oh, to, yeah. to pay attention to myself and, and really, really encourage the leaders I'm working with. Uh, there's nothing wrong with a nap. It's a good thing. Most of the world does this. So, uh, yeah, pay attention to what's going on in your body and, and you'll be more productive in the long run. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so we're talking about leaders on the whole here. Yeah. And so I know there are some things that are challenging to all leaders, their business leaders, listening, non-private leaders, uh, caregivers, uh, whether that's somebody in healthcare that's listening, mm -hmm. significant stress on them this last season. Uh, let's kind of lift up to that next vantage point. What are a couple of big kind of high level concerns you have for all leaders across the board right now? Boy, that's a great question. I think uh, one of the, the major concerns that I have is really about the culture of work that we have in the United States. Uh, it seems like the way that we approach work and the way that we treat employees is really designed to create burnout. Um, and uh, really, we need to, to address how to create a, an environment that is holistic and healthy for everybody, especially people in the, the medical uh, communities, you know, teachers, they, they are burning out like you wouldn't believe. Uh, and, and pastors that I coach, too, are working in environments that seem tailor-made to just suck their energy um, and so we need to we need to work on the environments that uh, we create for our workers. Mm. So let's flip that around mid to high level. What are a couple of changes maybe that are unfolding that encourage you right now? Yeah, um, I think 
the number of uh, organizations that are seeing the value of sabbaticals for their employees, and not just within uh, ministry contexts, but all across the board, they're seeing that, uh, you know, giving uh, our employees the rest that they need weekly, monthly, within a rhythm of years, uh, actually produces so much more creativity. Uh, They're better able to do their work. Uh, They're more productive in the long run. And uh, they're more likely to stay long term, which really cuts down on the costs uh, invested in training. Uh, It's just it's been so good to see that uh, that developing across the board. Man, I agree. I'm seeing the same thing. I wondered actually, Sean, if it was just a COVID reaction and we were going to see one sabbatical for the leader of that organization. And uh, I've seen it sticking. And actually part of what I get to do is help them operationalize that. And whether I'm working with the operations director, the COO, or the executive pastor to make sure that that gets um, distributed throughout the organization, maybe not completely evenly, but distributed at some level. Um, and so I'm actually seeing a culture of sabbatical. And from my experience, I'm curious if you see this too, the larger macro sabbatical always impacts people stewarding the smaller micro Sabbath day. Do you see that connection as well? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It kind of goes both ways on that. Uh, the more pastors and leaders I get it to take uh, the micro weekly Sabbath, the more they realize, oh, this is so good. I would love to do this on a larger scale and see what I can learn from it. And then when they actually do get that sabbatical, uh, one of the questions we ask them to pay attention to is, how would you like to bring this rhythm of rest back into your work to make your work more sustainable? And it's, uh, it's had a powerful impact. Mm. Well, let's kind of, let's bring it specifically to pastors. We do have a lot of pastors and ministry leaders that listen. Um, what is challenging? And then of course, encouraging as well. It's challenging and encouraging to you right now, specifically about what pastors are facing. Um, really the, getting them to recognize the importance of rest as we've already been talking about and silence. Um, There are so many pastors who are working hard to avoid what's going on within um, to avoid having to face, you know, pains of the past or just the worries of the current situation. And if they would just take some time for silence, for stillness, uh, that in itself brings so much clarity to what's going on and why they're struggling, why they're uh, overwhelmed at times. Uh, and so uh, it's a hard discipline to enter into, though, uh, because it takes a few times. It, it, the first few times are really difficult. Uh, but as they learn to to develop that discipline and that regular practice of weekly silence, even daily silence, uh, it really has some some incredible fruit. So that's that's what I'm really challenging them with and, and encouraging them to to explore at this point. Awesome. There's a lot of misunderstanding about pastors, and I think there always has been a lot of articles floating around right now, a few prominent ones online yeah. uh, about ministry, about how challenging it is to be a pastor in this moment. Um, both of us understand the life of pastors and have been a pastor for, for a long time. So I thought it may be helpful. Can you shed some light for the listener who's not a pastor um, on some of the challenges that a pastor does have? 
Yeah, there's, I mean, the challenges are all over the place. Uh, from having to produce a sermon week after week, that in itself is enough to to drive up people's anxiety and, and stress level. Uh, dealing with uh, just the struggles of life, they're carrying a lot of weight uh, for the people they're helping, uh, whether it's helping them through sin or just, just the challenges of living in a sinful world. Um, but I think the big one that people need to understand is that that uh, pastors often need help just knowing they're free to be human. Um, we all have this internal drive, and so there's external expectations, but there's also internal expectations, and uh, all of it, it's just impossible to live up to all of it. And so recognizing where our limits are and uh, how to live within those limits and how to be okay with not being everything for everyone all the time uh, is really an important thing. And uh, one of the greatest gifts that was given to me when I was burning out was a friend uh, in my church said, why don't you come over? We're going to have some hot dogs around the campfire and we're not going to talk about ministry at all. You're just going to be Sean. I'm not even going to call you pastor. Uh, we're just going to let you be human. And uh, that gift is such a profound profound gift for pastors in this space. Mm, that's so good. And so simple that everybody can, can do that. Um, I got a lot more questions um, and we'll, <laughs> we'll continue to, to chat on this. Um, but thanks for the work that you do. It's so needed and it's, it's timeless, but it's really timely right now uh, in this space. And it, it just seems like it's the perfect mix of you both understanding the world they've come from, um, written about it so they can read about it anonymously and they can find you um, and enter into the coaching. And we need, you know, a hundred more of us out there um, that people could yeah, easily absolutely. find because in that moment, um, people really need it right then. Um, and so I just, I want to ask you a question about your own growth and development. How is being a coach uh, and, and really a caregiver to so many other people, how's that growing and maturing you in your own leadership? Boy, it's helping me continue to heal from my own burnout in really profound ways. Uh, some of it's just rehearsing things that I've already done. Uh, others, I have some clients who, who really challenge me with the way that they're pushing to grow. Man, I want to be like them. <laughs> and so it's, it's really been an encouraging thing for me. Awesome. I uh, just want to end with this. What's one thing, big or little, that's bringing you joy right now, Sean? Oh, I've been uh, focusing on my health uh, this year. Uh, when I was in burnout, I did a lot of stress eating, gained a lot of weight. And so this year I've lost 50 pounds. I'm feeling Whoa. healthier than I have been in decades. And uh, I'm, I'm continuing that journey. I, I've got a great plan and uh, loving the way I'm able to move and just enjoy life right now. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. What's your uh, kind of movement of choice? How do you get outside or exercise? Oh, I have a rowing machine I love to to get on. And then I, I try to lift some heavy weights and really enjoy the energy, the strength that comes from that. Awesome. I've actually been getting into the gym uh, with my 12-year-old and um, just kind of teaching him how to lift weights. And we were literally, we went and lifted last night. It was a blast. Um, so much fun. Oh, it is. And just that, that feeling of accomplishment. We were literally driving to the gym, Sean, and I said, man, it's weird how it takes energy to lift, but then it gives you way more energy afterwards. You just have to convince yourself to get to the dang gym or get to the rowing machine or whatever it is. And now to be 
um, doing that with my 12 year old and actually kind of initiating him toward his teenage years as we, you know, just lift together and joke together and push hard and sweat together has, has been a total blast, uh, for me as well. I didn't think I'd find myself heading back to the weight room. I thought I was kind of done forever, but you know, here we go. I got tricked back into it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a gift that's going to last a lifetime for both of you. Awesome. Well, where can folks find you? Obviously there's stuff in the show notes there. Um, and they can link back to our first episode we had together, but where can folks uh, find you in your work? Uh, the two primary places they can find me are at pirministries.org uh, or seannemichek.com. And of course, I'm on all the social media, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. Awesome. Well, again, congrats on the book, being in the world for six months and going on more uh, in your work, continuing to grow. Thanks for what you do. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Alan.